Welcome to week two of God and Film. This is a series I do every year where we explore the parables of the culture. So I, I find a movie that will allow me to kind of, it kind of illustrates maybe some spiritual themes. And, and, uh, and so I, I've done this every year for like 20 years. And, uh, and if you'll notice though, this go-round, it's not sequential because we've got a lot of stuff going on in the, in the month of May. And so, uh, so next week I'm going to be doing Free Guy. I don't know if you saw that movie, but uh, I've got an interesting angle that I'm going to take with that. Uh, the, the week after that is going to be our 25th anniversary celebration. Uh, and so we've got fun stuff planned, the, the, the multicultural dinner that weekend. But then on that Sunday, uh, Phil Strout, the, for 10 years, he was the national director of the Vineyard. So he's going to be with us preaching at all the services, including Spanish, because he speaks Spanish. And, uh, and then on Memorial Day weekend, I'm going to finish it up with Belfast. But today we're doing Coda. Um, how many of you saw this movie? Just curious. All right, so not too many of you. Just listen, spoiler alert, all right? You're, you know, I always, I always spoil the movies, but it's still worth watching. This is a really good movie. I would say this is probably the movie that Norm and I enjoyed the most this year, probably maybe the best movie we saw this year. Won the Academy Award, and so I was happy, because sometimes, like, a lot, you know, lately it seems like really kind of stupid movies have won the Academy Award. Remember a couple of years ago, there was The Shape of Water. It was about a woman who fell in love with a fish. And it won the Academy Award. And you watch it and be like, what the heck is, what is this? You know, what's going on? This wasn't like that. Coda is a beautiful movie. And Coda, it stands for Children of Deaf Adults. That's what Coda means. It's an acronym. And so it's about this girl named Ruby. And she's, I guess, it's probably a senior in high school. And, um, and she is uh, the only hearing member of her family. So her mother and father and her older brother are all deaf. And she, she, she's able to hear. What's interesting about this movie, too, I mean, it's a great movie, but what's interesting about it is that the actors who play the deaf characters are actually deaf in real life. And so Marley Matlin plays the mother. Um, and uh, Troy Kotzer plays the father. Daniel Durant plays the brother. And so it, it shows the, the challenges of family, the complexities of family, of trying to stay connected in a family, and, and how do you stay connected while pursuing what it is that you want? Because, you know, this family struggles. They live up in Massachusetts and, and uh, New England, somewhere in New England, on the, and then the, they have a fishing business, and they have a boat, and they're trying to expand it. And so, and so Ruby... She begins, like, she's trying to figure out what she wants for her life, and, and she's kind of been the, the connection to her family, like, the one who helps the family stay connected to the hearing world, and, and so they're, like, really nervous about having her go off and do something. It just, it just shows the challenges of family. And I just thought on Mother's Day it would be a good thing for us to talk about. I haven't always been so good at picking appropriate messages on Mother's Day. Um, my wife never lets me forget that a few years ago I was doing a series on relationships. And so the sex message was I ac accidentally put it on Mother's Day without realizing that, oh, this falls on Mother's Day. And I don't know if, like, they invite Grandma to come once they add her. But anyway, this isn't like that. So it's going to, you know, it's appropriate. It's going to work. I, I learned the hard way. But you know what? It's, this is a message. It's something that we all, we all all need to hear because parenting is really hard. And you know what? Being a kid in a, in a family is really hard. Being part of a family in whatever way you're connected to a family is really hard. I heard someone say about parenting, you know, the days are long, but the years are short. Isn't that true? 
The days can be long, but it's like it goes by. It goes by so quick. On the front end, you feel like you have so much time, but it's like you blink a couple of times and, you know, you're dropping your kid off to college. I remember it was 10 years ago. I have four kids. My oldest, Andy, is 28. And so 10 years ago, this fall, it'll be 10 years ago, we brought him to college. He went to Villanova. So it wasn't that far. It was down in Philadelphia. And so we, we went down with the whole family. We got him settled, you know, got him situated, and then we're driving back. And it was such a weird thing because it was me and my wife and my three daughters driving back without Andy, who's now going to be sleeping somewhere else. And so my wife, you know, she's crying. I wasn't crying, but I remember feeling like this is a big deal. Like this is a big change because you think that you're like you have this idea that your kids are going to be in your house forever, right? That it's just going to be how it is for like this is life. But then you realize, no, it's actually a pretty short window. Right? It's a short window, and it goes by, and it goes by really, really quick. And, uh, you know, and then, like, you know, you have that moment. Some of you did this recently. You know, you're getting ready. Now your kid's going to, you know, be launched out of the house. And you're like, did I tell them everything? Did I prepare them? Did I have all the conversations with them? I need... Of course you didn't. You know, I mean, you can't have all your busy kind of being a parent, doing life. But, 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 but we have this, this sense of, like, inadequacy because we're just like, man, this is really hard. There's so much. Proverbs 24.3 says it takes wisdom to have a good family and it takes understanding to make it strong. It takes wisdom to have a good family, and it takes understanding to make it strong. So that's what we're going to talk about today. The way I'm going to do this is I'm, I've got three goals. If you want to go to your app, you can, you can open up your app, and you can see the fill-in-the-blank notes. Three goals that I think will lead to stronger families. And I'm going to use some clips here from this movie to illustrate it, because I think it illustrates it very beautifully. Um, and this isn't just for moms. This isn't just for dads. This is for anyone who's part of a family. This is for, you know, in-laws and grandparents. And all of us are connected to families in some way. Uh, even if it's, you know, maybe it's the people that you do life with, like your friends or people that you work with or whatever it is. You know, you think about the people that you do life with. How do we have strong, healthy family structures? And so the first goal is remaining defined and connected. Remaining defined and connected. Now, I, I'll explain what those terms mean in a moment, but let me show you the first clip. And this, the clips that I have, I, I, I piece together different parts of the movie, so it's not one long clip. But what, it, what this shows is kind of, you know, the challenges that Ruby and her family are facing. And so, so she can sing. She has a beautiful singing voice, but she's never pursued it. She's just sung in the shower or in her bedroom. And, uh, and so she decides that she wants to pursue singing. Her, her music teacher hears something in her and is like, I want to work with you. I think you have a gift. But what's crazy, think about it, though. If, you're, if your parents, if everyone in your family is deaf and you're a singer, they have no idea what you're doing. Like, they can't enter into it. They can't appreciate it on any level. And then the other thing that made it hard for Ruby and the family is that, like I said, she was their connection to the outside world. And so now her pursuing her own thing is creating a lot of stress, a lot of drama in the family. So here's just a clip that kind of sets this up, and then we'll talk about what it means to be defined and connected. Let's show the clip. Most people who are terrified of singing don't sign up for a choir. Other kids make me nervous. I used to get made fun of. I talked funny when I first started school. 
You're the, the girl with the dead family? Everyone but you? Yeah. And you sing. Interesting. Are you any good? I don't know. Why did you run out of my class? I got scared. Of what? Other kids? Maybe. Or maybe finding out that I'm bad. Do you know what Bowie said about Bob Dylan? A voice like sand and glue. There are plenty of pretty voices with nothing to say. Do you have something to say? I think so. Good. Then I'll see you in class. Why is it always about you? I'm meeting people. I'm making friends. You know what? You should get out in the world, too. important too. All right, so that gives you a little bit of an idea of just kind of the tension, the challenge, the difficulties that this family is facing. And by the way, those of you who are watching the live stream, we can't, what we're doing is we're showing the audio. Uh, we can't show the video because then Facebook will shut us down. Even though we have licensing for whatever, it's not going to work. So it doesn't work for you guys. Like There's scenes where they're signing, and so that's not going to work so well. So you'll have to watch the movie. But, um, but so being defined and connected, what does that mean for a family? So I, I came across this term, this understanding a few years ago, and it's part of a kind of this teaching thing called family systems, like family system dynamics. And it's, it's for families, it's for groups of people who work together. And I have to say, I, and I, this isn't hyperbole, 
I don't know if there's anything I came across over the last few years that's been more helpful to me in my relationships. And so being defined and connected. So, so being defined, there's two parts to that, right? First, we define ourselves when we say clearly and courageously with our words and our actions who we are, what we think, what we believe, what we want, what we will do, or what we won't do. And so we define, we say to our family members, we say to the people in our life, here's who I am. Here's what I'm about. Here's what I believe. Here's what I will do. Here's what I won't do. And then the second part of that is we allow them to do the same. We allow them to tell us what they think, what they believe, what they want, what they're comfortable with. And listen, the reality is we don't do this. Right? The reality is most like the dysfunctions of families and groups of people who work together and friends groups is because they don't define themselves. They don't allow, there's, there's like, you know, you get passive aggressive about it. You kind of bully. You get, you like let somebody know, hey, if you tell me what you think and I don't like it, you know, I'm going to shame you. I'm going to guilt you. I'm going to alienate you. A wall's going to go up, right? But we, but we clearly say, no, I'm going to define myself. I'm going to say to the people that I love, this is me, right? This is who I am. This is what I believe. And then I'm going to let you do the same thing. And now the other part of that, right, being connected is, is that's, Well, the defined part is hard. The connected part is even harder. Because with that, what that means is even if the person in your family or your friend defines themselves differently than you, they say, I believe different things. I want different things. I'm going on a different path. I have something else that I'm pursuing. We lean into staying connected with them. We lean in. And listen, we live in a time right now in our culture where if, like, if you don't agree with me, then we, we can't be friends, right? Then the walls go up. But, but the way of love is that we let people define. And what we do, we, we try to have that connection, not by trying to like, convince them that they're wrong, but by listening and by leaning into it. I'm telling you, defined and connected. If you will really lean into that, And there's so much more that you can like explore with that rather than, you know, five minutes here in a sermon. But if you will really lean into what that means, for you to appropriately define yourself, for you to let the people in your life appropriately define themselves, and then you do everything that you can to stay connected in the midst of those definitions, it will bring health and healing and, and just emotional maturity and spiritual growth and love, agape love, into your family into your relationships. And you know what? Because this is an expression of love, I think we can see examples of Jesus doing it. So I think one example is, uh, is in um, Matthew chapter 19 when the rich young ruler comes to Jesus. And so you might be familiar with that story. It says, Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And then Jesus lists out the commandments. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal. And he says, Yeah, I do that. You know, I, all these things I've kept from my youth, what do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away, went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And so I think what's going on here, right, is that this young man says, What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus defines himself. Jesus just tells him, hey, here's what you need to do. Listen, here's the reality. You're too connected to your stuff. And if you want eternal life, let me give you this great opportunity. Jesus is saying, sell your stuff and then come and follow me. 
I think he was inviting him to be, to be his disciple. So he defined himself. He said, hey, here's what I think is going on. And he just put it out there. But then he let the rich young ruler define himself. Because the rich young ruler basically said, I can't do that. That's too much. I can't do it. So he went away sorrowful. And Jesus let him do that. Jesus let him define. He didn't, he didn't say, hey, hold on, wait a minute. Let's work out a compromise. Sell some of your stuff. He didn't try to shame him. He didn't say, well, have fun burning in hell, you heathen. You know, he didn't do that. He let him go with maybe the understanding, the implication that, hey, the relationship's open. If you want to come back, you know where to find me, right? So, so I think we see that this is something that Jesus did. And I think this, like this movie really is such a, it's an illustration of Ruby trying to define herself, the family trying to define themselves, and trying to hold on to connection in the midst of it. And listen, so much, let me just say this, and I'm not overstating it, all, maybe not all, maybe that is overstating it, most, how about, I'll say most, most of the pain and dysfunction in your family is because you guys, because we don't do a good job of defining ourselves, allowing people to define themselves, and staying committed, remaining connected in the midst of that definition. What happens is, like, we don't, we don't say things, you know, there's like, what is it, you know, the, the, the gorilla in the basement, or, you know, the, the thing that nobody talks about, or that when it does come out, it comes out with door slamming, and accusations, and yelling, and screaming. If we could just learn to say who we are, say what we believe, say what we think, say it lovingly, and say it giving the other person an invitation to do the same, looking for ways to say, I love you, and we don't have to agree on everything in order for me to love you and support you. Change our families. It would absolutely change, change our lives. The second goal is this, discovering purpose. Discovering purpose. If you've been around here, you know that one of my favorite sayings is we were made on purpose for a purpose. And so a big part of this movie is Ruby kind of discovering her purpose and her family struggling with that, you know, for, for obvious reasons. So, so, um, so she ends up, her, her teacher, her music teacher, um, went to Berkeley, which is one of the most prestigious music schools. It's in Boston. And he's like, I want you to apply. I see something in you. I think you can get in. And, and so he's working with her and he's tutoring her and getting her ready. So she goes to her parents to tell them, and I, I'll show you this scene uh, where she says, I want to I go to music school. I want to go to Berkeley. And that's, again, it's hard for them because they need her. They're starting this new business. They're, they're trying to expand their fishing business. But then there's, there's a scene, I didn't show you this, but, but if you watch the movie, you'll, you'll see the beauty of this, this beautiful scene where she's giving her concert, her school concert. And so the family comes, because she's such a great singer, she has a solo, and everybody's like cheering and applauding and so engaged and clapping. But the family, and they, they actually show it like they turn off all the audio so you can get it from like the family's perspective. They're just like, well, she looks pretty, but we have no idea what's going on. But then the father is trying to connect with her, trying to understand. And so there's a beautiful scene of, of them doing that. But, but the second goal, is discovering purpose. We need to help the people in our life, the people close to us, discover the purpose that God has for them. Not our purpose for their life, but God's purpose for their life. Let's watch this clip.
never be a good time. I can't stay with you for the rest of my life. With my arms open wide, I threw away my pride. I'll sacrifice for you, dedicate my life to you. I will go where you lead, always there in time of need. And when I lose my will, you'll be there to push me up the hill there. No, no looking back for us. We got love, sure enough, that's enough. You're all, all that I need to get So I just think that's, that is such a beautiful picture. If you want to know what it looks like to try to stay defined, you know, connected to the people in your life, that, that is the picture of it, of him, even though we can't hear, he's trying to understand what is it you're doing and what is it, what does it mean to you and what are you saying through this? Just a beautiful picture. But it says this, in, you know, in Acts chapter 20, verse 24, uh, it says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Paul said, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So what Paul said is, listen, there's one thing I want to do here. I want to run the race. I want to run the race that God has for me. Now, listen, we have done a disservice to our kids. There's been a whole generation who were given participation trophies, right? They just got a trophy because they showed up and we were told, we were 
told, hey, you can do anything that you want. Listen, here's the reality. It doesn't matter how much I wanted to be the starting center of the New York Knicks. That wasn't going to happen. That was not in the cards of me. I couldn't even be the point guard for the New York Knicks. It just wasn't going to happen, right? And so we tell kids, you can do anything you want. That's a lie. That's not true. What we need to tell our kids is you can discover that one thing that God has for you. You can discover your purpose. And we want to help you discover your purpose, even if it might be maybe you have dreams and you have a sense of what their purpose is. Maybe it's different. But we need to help them discover that, and we need to help them walk in it. It's the key to life. The reason I talk about purpose so much is because I know that it makes all the difference in this world. If you know your purpose and you know what you're for, you can deal with obstacles, you can deal with challenges, you you can find that you have grit. You know, grit is just this ability to keep showing up and to keep being engaged and to keep being enthusiastic about what your life is about because you know there's a race that God has for you. And so we need to help our kids. We need to help our family members know their purpose. And if you're going to help people discover their purpose, you've got to know your purpose, right? You can't help someone discover something you don't know. And so if you say, if you can't say for sure, you know what your purpose is. You know the race that God has for you. I want to encourage you to come to step two of the growth track next week. That's the whole purpose of step two of the growth track is there's, there's these tests and these different things. It's like self-discovery process to help people discover what their purpose is, the gifts that God has given them, what they're for, and then figure out what that means for your life. It says, in, uh, about Jesus in, um, in Mark chapter 10, verse 16. It says, He took the children in His arms, placed His hands on them, and blessed them. And so listen, so that, what I don't think was going on there was that Jesus like lined up the kids and is like, I bless you, I bless you, I bless you, I bless you. I think that it was a much more deliberate process. I can't prove this, but I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I'm right. That I think what Jesus did is He took, it says that He took every child in His arms, I think he took each child, he sat that child on his lap, and I think he looked into that child's eyes, and he said, Holy Spirit, show me, Father, show me, what do you have for this one? What is their race? What is the unique way that you want to manifest your grace and your mercy and your goodness through this, through this child? And then I think the Holy Spirit told Jesus what this kid's purpose was, and then Jesus prophesied over them. Jesus blessed them. And I think that's what it is we're called to do with the people in our life. We need to know our purpose, and then we need to help. We need to help people discover their purpose. And so, and so in this movie, you know, at first they have a hard time helping Ruby walk out of purpose because it, it conflicted with what they wanted. It was, it was going to be hard. It was going to be difficult. But then what happens, right? So, so Ruby has her audition at Berkeley, but she decides not to go. And the family is happy that she's not going to go. They think it's best that she stay with them. But then after that scene between her and the father, he realizes, no, she... She needs to do this, and I need, to, I need to help her. And so they get up the next morning and say, we're going to Boston. We're doing the audition. And so they, they go to Boston, and uh, she's not allowed. The family's not allowed to go in with her. And, um, and so at first she starts off. I didn't show you all of this. At first she starts off, and she's just kind of looking down. She's not connecting. Her music teacher, like, you know, messes up on the piano. says, oh, let's start again. And, like, looks at her. is like, come on, what are you doing? But then the family comes into the balcony. And they're watching from the balcony, and she starts singing to them. So the third goal is that we embrace God's amazing grace. Embrace the amazing grace. Let's watch this final clip. 
and flows of angel hair and ice cream castles in the air and feather canyons everywhere I've looked to clouds that way but now they only block the sun they rain and snow clouds got in my way I've looked at clouds from both sides now from up and down and still somehow it's cloud illusions I recall I really don't know Wait, stop, stop.
right, well, that kind of preaches itself, but because I'm a preacher, I'll, I'll, I'll throw some words up here. Um, I just, the movie, it's such a beautiful movie of, of just showing the journey of like, you know, she, she defines herself and there's pain and there's angst. And again, if you haven't seen the movie, it's definitely worth watching. And, and yet through that whole painful process, they come to a place of greater connection, right? They come to a place of greater understanding, greater love, greater appreciation. And then she's launched into her purpose, right? She's driving off to come into the things that, that God has for her. And so, so my heart, what I really think that God wants to pour out today is some hope. Because I know that, that maybe you're, you know, you're watching that scene of them hugging and you're just like, my family's so far from there right now. Maybe you're just like, you're, there's like a wall up between you and your kids. For whatever reason, you guys just aren't, you're so far from connected. Maybe you and your spouse, you guys are not on the same page. You're not, you're not experiencing that oneness in your marriage. Maybe there's, there's pain in your extended family. You don't talk to your sister-in-law or, or this person doesn't come over to the house. Or, or, or you just feel like there's been so much through the years. There's so much kind of that's built up that the wall is too high. And I don't know if we can ever get there. You know, maybe you're, you're someone uh, where, where you're dealing with the pain of divorce. And so you're just like, how, my family's fragmented. How can, how can we stay connected? How can there be connection with everything that's gone on? It's, it's been, you know, so I think that what happens is we lower the bar. We lower expectations and we just think, let's just kind of try to get through life. And we kind of give up that, that hope of like deep connection and deep relationship. First Peter 4.8 says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And what I just want to encourage you with, I don't know what's happened in your family. I don't know what pain you're dealing with. But what I want to tell you is that His love covers. His love and His grace covers. God can make a way when there is no way. He can make a way in your family. And let me just say this. You know what? Um, uh, Maybe there's some people that I'm talking to today and you, you haven't really figured out how to have a depth of relationship with God. Like, you know, I'm not trying to shame you or anything like that, but, but maybe, you know, you just kind of like you come to church every now and then and maybe faith is kind of like somebody brought you today and faith is kind of their thing and, and you just kind of come to church every now and then. And, and you might say, yeah, that, that's my reality. I haven't gotten to the place yet where I figure out how what we sing about, what we talk about can really like affect my life. And, and the thing of it is, the point of it is, again, not to shame you with that, but just to say you're really missing out on something. See, you're missing out on a life-giving relationship through the, with the Holy Spirit that can make all the difference, right? Because as I, as I said earlier, Jesus makes life better and makes you better at life. It doesn't, I'm not saying that Jesus makes you better than other people, but what I am saying is 100% Jesus will make you a better version of yourself. I know that for sure. He'll make you a better version of yourself so you can show up in your family, so you can love and you can forgive. And even when you're hurt, you can show up the next day and you can say, I'm going to continue to try to define myself. I'm going to continue. I'm going to lean in for connection. Even if I'm being pushed away, I'm going to let them know that I love them and that I'm for them and I want to help them discover their purpose and walk in it. I want them to, I want them to know that I'm committed. And because, listen, we all know 
that family makes that hard, that you get to a point where it's easier to walk away than it is to continue to show up and continue to be present and continue to say, I'm going to lean in so that I can have this connection. And I just want to tell you, listen, you know, Jesus will help you with that. Jesus will help you with that. It says this, and uh, I'll end with this. It says this in Proverbs 14, 26. Reverence for the Lord. In other words, putting, putting God where he deserves. Putting him in the center of your life. Reverence for the Lord gives a man a deep strength. His children have a place of refuge and security. And so I want to tell you, if you will surrender your life to Jesus, if you will put Jesus, make him the center of your life, if you, if you, if you have that place, that, that reverence for the Lord, there will be a strength that you'll find for your life that you won't find anywhere else that will, that will make all the difference. The promise that we can hold on to is that God causes all things to work together for good. Now, a lot of times, listen, we stop there. But it says, to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. To those, to those who have that reverence for the Lord, who put him first and are running the race that he has for him. God says, I'm going to cause everything to work for good in your life. I'm going to redeem the years that the locusts have eaten. I'm going to come in and I'm going to bring hope and I'm going to bring life and I'm going to bring joy to your family. And so I believe that the Lord wants to pour out some hope in our hearts right now for our lives, for our families, for the, for the connections that we have. So let's all stand. And let's close our eyes. And I just want to, and for, for those of you who might say, you know what? I'm not living life with that reverence for the Lord. Meaning I, I don't, I'm not putting him in the center of my life. I, I kind of have him on the periphery. I want to give you an opportunity. We talk about surrendering your life to Jesus. What that means is you say, okay, Jesus, from here on out, you're the center. You're going to be my priority. You're going to be my Lord. You're going to be the one who calls the shots. You're going to be my boss. I've been driving the car. I'm not only going to slide over and get into the passenger seat. I'm going to get into the, not even in the back seat. I'm going to get in the trunk. And I'm going to let you be the one who drives from now on. And if you're ready to do that, if you, if you want to do that today, and maybe it's been pain in your family, that kind of, God uses things to get your attention. And maybe what's gotten your attention is that you realize, I don't know how to stay connected. I don't know how to show up for the people that I love. And I need help. God wants to give you that help. And it starts with surrendering your life to Him. So let's, let's pray. Close your eyes. You don't even have to say this out loud. But just say in your heart, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you in my life. I ask you to forgive all of my sins. I accept your free gift of salvation, believing you died on the cross in my place and that you rose from the dead. And from here on out, I want to follow you. So fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your life. Give me the strength that can only be found in you. Keep your eyes closed, but do me a favor. If you prayed that prayer today, just raise your hand. If you prayed that prayer. Okay, awesome. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to ask you to do one other thing. On your connection card, if you have the physical connection card, check off on the back where it says, decide to become a follower of Jesus. There's some stuff I'm going to send you in the mail today, some things you can read, different things that will help you out. Or you can text follow to this number. And uh, it's good that we have multiple screens today. Text follow to 201-584-7188. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll get you the information that way. 
All right, we're going we're gonna to receive the, uh, the, the we're going to pass some baskets. So right over here to my right, this row, those of you who are right by uh, Veronica, look underneath your seat and you'll see that there are baskets. And so if you can help us, just pass them down, all right? We're just going to pass them down and you can put your connection card uh, as well as if you have a physical uh, envelope, offering envelope, you can put it in the, in the basket as it passes by. And we're going we're gonna to close here in a moment, but I want to call up the prayer ministry people, all right? Those of you who are part of the prayer ministry team, just come on up and, and kind of be up here in front ready to pray for people. This is a thing we do all the time. We just, we want to pray for people. We want to support people. There's something about, about praying for one another. God shows up. It's really powerful. And so I want to invite you, if you, if you need hope, for your family, for a relationship in your family, for anything we've been talking about, knowing how to stay connected, whatever it is, uh, come up and let somebody pray for you. If you maybe you say, I don't know what my purpose is, come up and let somebody pray for you, that God will reveal to you what the race is that he has for you. If you're someone who just prayed to give your life to Jesus, come up and let somebody pray for you to to pray that God will just show you like the next steps and give you wisdom. Uh, The prayer ministry team got together before the service and, uh, and they waited on God and said, what are some specific things that you want to do? They had a sense that there's a mom here and you're really worried because your child is going through a, a real depression and you're feeling really helpless and really concerned for them. And that maybe there's someone here who's going, like you've been worried about that. God sees you and he wants to help and he wants to make a way. Uh, they had a sense that there's somebody here that wants, uh, you have pain in your right shoulder and that God wants to give you some physical healing. Someone else who has issues with their eyes, where their eyes are, something wrong with the tear ducts, the, their eyes are watering constantly. And then another physical thing, uh, someone who's got uh, just significant pain, like right now, significant pain in the left side of your lower back. Um, just a sense that God, that God wants to provide healing. And so, Lord God, I just thank you for your presence. I thank you, Lord, for all the moms. God, I pray that you would come and that you would minister to those places in our hearts that, where there's hopelessness, where there's pain, where there's fear. God, you are the God of hope. And I pray, Lord, that we would be defined and connected, running the race, God, leaning on your amazing grace in our lives and in our families for your glory. So come, Holy Spirit. Come and encourage and minister and strengthen us right now. In Jesus' name. Folks from the prayer ministry team are going to be up here. They would love to have the chance to pray for you. Just come on up and, and let them pray for you. Uh, we, we have a selfie station. I don't know if you saw it when you come in. we got volunteers there. If you want to just take a picture with the people you came to church with, uh, we got somebody there. You can give them your phone, and they'll, they'll take a picture for you. God bless you guys. Happy Mother's Day, and uh, we'll see you next week.